Hey guys, Nick here. Before we jump into things today, I just wanted to take a second to say here at Project Derailed and Tales of the Void Fair, we firmly stand with Black Lives Matter. All lives cannot matter until black ones do as well. We highly encourage you to speak out, sign petitions, and if you're able, donate to causes supporting the movement. We are putting a link in the show notes of resources on how you can do your part. We are keenly aware that we are not a racially diverse podcast in the slightest. So we wanted to take a second to shout out some awesome black and POC creators you should definitely check out. Dicey Amazons is a TTRPG stream entirely comprised by women of color and queer people. Plot Hunters is an all POC LGBTQ plus D&D Twitch stream. And naturally, there's Rivals of Waterdeep, which is an official Wizards of the Coast D&D stream featuring an entirely POC cast. We actually had a chance to see them live at C2E2 this year, and it was an absolute blast. Also, if you're not following at Critical Bard by now, you definitely should. We are including links in the show notes to resources highlighting even more great Black and POC creators you should be following. Now, on with the show. Last time on Tales of the Voidfarer. My name is Thalra Vulrentheld. It's very odd to see a Seeker take on a profession like this. All the Seekers are all individuals who have our own pursuits. Do you have any information about Tyshra's pride? I already made an arrangement with that crew, and the Cinder Shard is already bought and paid for, but the ship is two days late on arriving. I was planning on, like, passing out here at the orchard, but I think I go back to my room, and I drunkenly try to hang this painting, and when I'm hanging it, I tear it, and I get so pissed, and I just take it, and I rip it apart. finish chewing my pretzel i'm, I'm a pro podcaster <laughs> all right Luckbeak. uh you wake up you're not exactly sure what time it is you're face down in your hammock uh a little hungover but not as hungover as you probably were planning on being mm-hmm. and as you kind of roll over you see that there is a small basket placed towards the foot of your hammock uh like kind of right underneath it Ugh. um is this a little present i left for myself uh i'm gonna go ahead and open it up yeah it looks like there is a bundle of something wrapped in tea cloth and there is a folded note on top okay what does the note say Luckbeak. i'm not sure what helps with a hangover for doar but in any case i am sure you're sick of apples these are from my sister's farm in the tillage ward I was on my way there when we ran into each other last night. I hope you enjoy them. And if you ever need someone to talk to about anything, you know I'm always here. I won't judge much with a smiley face and then signed Tiana. <laughs> they got emoji in the Spelljammer universe. I'm impressed. Okay. <laughs> it's she, face emoji. She, sure. <laughs> she drew a smiley face. Um, okay. Uh, 
I think it's almost one of those things where like um like events of the previous night are starting to, you know, as he's prodded about them, they're starting to come back to him. And so I think like he he kind of hmm, I think he crumples up the note uh, out of this weird sense of shame. Um and uh he opens up the the tea cloth. Uh it is a, a bundle of freshly harvested carrots, radishes and turnips. Aww, she's so sweet. Um okay. Um god. Why well, I, I mean I I usually do a little bit of the hair of the dog, but I suppose carrots are pretty close. Uh I'm going to I'm going to bugs bunny down on a carrot, I think. <laughs> Just keeping the Looney Tune theme going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there, there's a little bit of sugar in carrots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, and uh, I am going and, to put on my sailor hat and shirt without the pants, as I always do every day, as right, I believe not, all fan not. art will now reflect. <laughs> <laughs> it better. Okay. All you fan artists out there. <laughs> so at that point, um, uh, Ravnus and Marco, you've been up for a little while, and you get back to the... Um, cruise quarters where you've kind of let Luckbeak sleep in just a, a couple hours and Luckbeak you look up to see Ravnus stepping into the doorway with Marco in her wake and Marco looks god awful Marco looks like he got hit by a truck he has two black eyes <laughs> and one of which is like spreading across like to his cheek halfway down his face <laughs> right he he looks bad <laughs> sure and they're they're already like greenish like they're starting to heal but <laughs> he is a sight to behold. Got it. Good God, what the hell happened to you two last night? I um, I think that Marco would have cast like one of his ice knives just to have ice to press against his face. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding this giant yeah. jagged icicle. <laughs> well, um, I had my first experience with a prize fight, and Marco then... won. You I... won? No. <laughs> oh, he was better though. Yeah, I mean, they really should judge it on style. That's how I always thought fights should be decided. <laughs> um, uh, what, uh, can I, I'm sorry, can I, can I help you two is what I should be asking. Val gave us a job to do. Aha. Uh -huh. All right, uh, well, what do we got? There's a ship by the name of Tishra's Pride that never came in. Val paid for a bunch of cinder shard on it. We have to find out what happened. All right, um. When are we leaving? I mean, do I have time to like take a shower or if you want to? Um I mean, I wouldn't mind. I um oh man, I so I think I hop off my bed and I see the ripped up tatters of the the painting um and I kind of like sweep them aside with my foot and and uh, uh kind of get a, a rather guilty look on my face, I think. Yeah, uh do we have do we have maybe a I don't know. Just ten minutes. I'll, I'll I'll make it quick. Fine. All right. Hey, Ravnus, was the was this job the one that uh had to do with Brohane's sibling? I think so. Okay, I was just trying to remember the night correctly. It's kind of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of it started got a little fuzzy after the fight was over. I remember drinking with Brohane, and then <laughs> the rest of the night got even more fuzzy after that. It didn't <laughs> seem entirely real. No, definitely. Have you guys left my room? I assumed for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Again, it's it's like a common like sleeping right, room. Right, it's right. not your, it's not that. like your own room. So yeah, uh, I figured I, that they were just like sitting on hammocks, like talking to each other while sure. I peek. 
Just sure. whatever. Yeah. Uh, then I'm going to call out and say, um, so Marco, was it even close? Surprisingly, yes. Really? Wow. All right. Here, the, the rundown is, um, somebody apparently signed me up to face, uh, the champion. I don't know who the, who was the champion? Swain something. Big, big gif looking guy. <laughs> you fought the champion. I did. Okay. Um, and, well... I thought I was going to be dead by the beginning, but with some invisibility and some ice knives, I was able to uh, give it a give him a good show. Wow, I'm very very impressed. I gotta say. Well, thanks. I apparently impressed everybody else because I remember chanting. Sure, sure. All right, now let me get the other side real quick. Ravnus, um, he looks to have a concussion. Did it go just like what he said? <laughs> If that's how the champion fights, I'm not sure why everyone's so afraid to fight him. <laughs> well, you Damn. should give you should give it a try next time, Ravenous. I'm curious to see what you do. Well, you told me I would die in the last one. <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, uh, I had no such dreams last night, Ravenous. So, uh, you know, maybe you could give it a try now. Maybe. Your consequences are continuing to have actions. <laughs> <laughs> as, as for me, I think I'm going to retire at 0 and 1. Oh, you're done. You could always fight instead of me during our battles. Once you do the uh, the old invisibility ice knife trick once, everybody sort of knows what to expect out of you. <laughs> I mean, it worked once. Let's, you know, who knows? Maybe it could work again, but I'm not willing to find out. Boy, we have different interpretations of what works mean, because that would mean to me that I beat the other guy, but I'm proud to hear that you are so proud of your, uh, uh, you know, ring savvy. Listen, I was expected to, um be unconscious in two seconds and the fight lasted longer than that so oh, i would sure. think that i did okay yeah well good job good job i'm very proud i mean have you ever seen the movie rocky come on <laughs> <laughs> i have seen that one that traveling show with all those bards singing about those stairs it was a real strange strange show yeah very strange <laughs> all right i'm i'm ready to go I, I imagine this conversation is happening while, like, Luckbeak is changing clothes. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you were told to, to investigate this. Um, how do you go about doing that? Well, I assume that someone at the docks would know something. Is that, like, totally off base? Oh, hey. I, I made friends with that one dude I gave a gold piece to. I met this I met this dock worker down, um, down by the docks, I guess, the other day. And I gave him a gold piece for information. I think he'd be willing to uh, keep assisting us if we wanted to start there. Then let's go find him. Mm, lead the way. So um, I guess then I would lead them back towards the docks to that dock worker. Sure. Yeah, you head from the Voidfarer up into Kindori's Cradle through the passages in the Bilge Warrens and uh, eventually pop out in the Mooring Ward and you head down to the docks and... Uh, Marco, go ahead and just make me a um, investigation check. All right. All right. That is a 22. Yeah. So you're able to pretty quickly recall what dock you met that guy at and you head back to that area. But before you get there, you see that there seems to be some sort of altercation happening on one of the docks. So as you're following Marco to this location, you see that there is a gnome talking to this tall broad-shouldered human and he's standing there with his arms crossed 
and he's wearing a uniform that is the colors of the Salvagers Guild, but he doesn't look like he's a normal Salvager. Uh, actually, uh, anybody who would like to can make an insight check. 17. Two. <laughs> Natural 20, so 26. Damn. Yeah, Marco and Luckbeak, you're pretty sure this is the Harbor Master. Hmm. And Ravnus, he's just some dude. so anyway he's standing there looking down at this tiny gnome man that is very animatedly like almost yelling at this dude and you can hear the conversation really before you even get anywhere near it and this gnome is just like saying look i'm just asking you to do your job it's your job to protect the ships in this harbor and And the Salvagers Guild promised that my ranch would be protected. Now, we have suffered grave losses here, and you don't want to do anything about it. And the guy's still with his arms crossed looking down at this little gnome, just kind of shakes his head and says, Look, the Salvagers Guild has much bigger things to deal with than your missing rodents. They're not just rodents, they are quality thoroughbred space hamsters, and now they're all gone! <laughs> no thanks to you! And this conversation is kind of happening as you guys kind of approach and continue going on by, and the gnome continues, Look, I'm telling you, it's it's the, the artificer that I hired to fix the ship. I hired him to fix the whatchamacallback, and I think he swindled me. I think he stole the ship. Look, he said he was a top-notch artificer. He he went by the name Stefan Monceau or something bullshit like that. Be careful, folks. This is... Let's keep moving along. This this looks like a plot hook. We don't want to get involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> He's being harassed by the guy from Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, the great Fazzini. Yeah. Inconceivable! <laughs> uh, now, uh, Saker... Stefan Monceau is a name that you recognize because oh, it's an it's, alias you made up God on the spot. damn it. I forgot about that. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay. Ooh, yeah, I think then I just put my flipper over my eyes and put my head <laughs> down and continue moving quickly past them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm getting involved in this. No. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> This is like that episode of Community where there's like a whole Abed subplot going on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to have these hamsters happening in the background of the whole game. <laughs> yeah. And as you're walking away, he just says, look, I'm willing to pay good money for the return of my hamsters. And this guy doesn't seem to care and kind of waves them off and you guys continue on your way. So, yeah, Marco, you lead the rest to the dock where you got this information from when you were looking for the whereabouts of Braddock, Silence, and Zillin. And you get there and it takes you some time and you eventually see that guy. Hello. Hey, friend, friend. As soon as he sees you, his eyes get real wide and he kind of looks around excitedly and then hurries on over. I don't remember what his voice sounds like, so we're going to guess. All right. Well, what? how can I be a service to you this time? I need a little information about uh, Tishra's pride. Do you know anything about that? Tishra's pride. Ah, uh, mm. uh, he thinks about that for a moment. Let's. He's gonna roll an intelligence jet. Oh fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, this is your game. Just make it up. It's fine. <laughs> no, I rolled a natural one, and I'm gonna stick to it. It's not gonna be that easy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. 
Um, I, 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 it's nothing's really coming to mind. Um, I don't, I, I could do some, I could do some digging, digging for you. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe something will turn up. Um, look, I'm really resourceful. Um, I could look in and you kind of get the distinct impression that he doesn't have the answer, but he still wants to be paid. <laughs> so, um, I think Marco is going to reach into his pocket, pull out a gold piece and just sort of flash it in front of him. Listen, Find out what you can about Chitra's Pride and also the Moonhammer Mining Company's recent activities. And I will come back later today. The Moonhammer Mining Company? Uh, we hear a little bit, uh, but they're not too actively involved around these parts. There's nothing to mine on the Deer Anchorage. Uh, it's a bunch of wood. But, uh, but, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely see what I can find out. Yeah, find something out, and if that's the case, and he kind—I kind of flash the gold piece in front of him again. This one's all yours. Mm -hmm. If not, I'll just like flash him a uh, a copper piece and be like, "It's going to be a little less. If it's nothing at all, well, I guess this relationship's <laughs> over." <laughs> Fucking brutal. <laughs> okay, he goes. All right, all right. I'll I'll, I'll uh I'll keep an eye out, and and he uh he kind of like turns and like almost does like like walks away but like in this like awkward like unnatural way like he's trying to walk naturally now that he has some sort of secret spy mission um <laughs> and and after he gets some distance away you hear a voice coming from your right thing hey, you you're looking for information about the tissues pride and you see there's a different dock worker <laughs> they pop out of the ground like daisies <laughs> like you flash gold like that people know this all right, well, what do you know about Tishra's pride? He's kind of like this skinny-looking tiefling with horns that kind of come up and kind of twist together in this weird, awkward way. And he goes, uh, yeah, uh, well, they, they come into port pretty pretty regularly, uh, but, uh, I haven't, haven't seen their ship come into port, but when they are here, they, uh, they spend an awfully lot of time up in the, uh, up in the Guild Ward, um, specifically at, uh, the, the Hall of Fortune's favor and and uh, Jenny's topsail. They they like both of those places. Uh, hell, that could probably be every ship that comes in here. Either way, uh, I kind of like shrug and and flip the gold piece at him. He catches it. Uh, they're a bunch of rowdy dwarves. If they're in one of those two places, you can't miss them. But like I said, I haven't seen that ship come in. in when did you last see them come in? It was a couple weeks ago. All right, fair enough. Are there any rumors about why they haven't come back? I haven't heard anything, but like I said, they're uh, they're a bunch of rowdy dwarves. They're easy to notice and easy to remember. All right, so find some rowdy dwarfs down at the whorehouse. Got it. Or the gambling den. They like it. They like that one too. Okay then. Well, thank you so much. You have been tremendous help. Thank you. He, he says, waving the gold piece. <laughs> As I walk away, I look to Luckbeak and uh, Ravnus, and I'm like, I think I'm uh, I think I'm getting the hang of this pirate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't pirate stuff. Yeah, pirates take people's money, Marco. <laughs> oh, come on. I still got information. Yeah, you got a hold of it. It's the first two letters of pirate. You're a good PI, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wrong profession. Either way, Jenny's top sale or the gambling hall. Uh, let's go to top sale. So you are heading up to the guild's ward where both the hall of fortune's favor and jenny's top sale is located and on your way up there you pass the enclave of the seekers 
And uh, Marco, you actually see Roddix is stepping out of the Seekers Enclave and starts heading the opposite direction that you guys are currently walking and looks up and happens to see the three of you. And he goes, oh, well, what a coincidence, Marco. I was just on my way to pay you a visit. Hi, Roddix. How are you today? Good and you. Fantastic. Well, okay. I, maybe not the best, but I'm feeling the best that I can be as he is still nursing his two oh, black eyes. Yes, you look quite um, out of sorts. Yeah, it was a it was a long night last night, but um, I actually happened to meet uh, Thalra while I was uh while I was out and about. Oh, you you did now? Yes. Um, she does the occasional work down at the block and tackle. They pay her quite well for her services. Yes. Well, um, what do you need with me? Well, speaking of Thalra, I was um actually coming to say that her and the other higher ranking members of this particular outpost of the Seekers Enclave uh, would actually like a word with you at your earliest convenience regarding your application. Oh, really? Um, oh my goodness, um, well, I'm a little busy right now with the job with the, the ship that I'm on. C can we schedule something maybe tomorrow or the next day? You can stop by whenever you like later today or tomorrow. Whatever works for you. Oh, fantastic. Let me just finish what I'm doing here um, for the ship. And then as soon as I'm done, I will make my way over to the Seekers Hall. Very good. I will let them know you will be on your way. Thank, thank you, Rox. Thank you. You have done so much for me. I greatly appreciate it. It is my pleasure. I will furiously shake his hand <laughs> um, and kind of like backpedal back to Luckbeak and Ravnus. Be like, all right, I'll be back a little bit later. Promise. Um, thanks again, Roddix. And he looks back to Luckbeak and Ravnus. Big news for me, but I think maybe we need to get to Jenny's, right? Uh, you gonna share? What was that all about? Oh, um, I, I, I put in an application to be a member of the Seekers. Wait, so you're gonna leave the ship, too? Two? And no, no? Who else is leaving the ship? Well, I mean, presumably me eventually, but I didn't expect you two to leave. I mean, this seems like a, a life for you, right? You're gonna be a pirate, Marco, and, and Ravnus, you already got it down? I mean... I'm a scholar first and foremost, but it, it seems that the Seekers are travel far and wide. I wouldn't see why I couldn't be a Seeker and still be on the Voidfair. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough, I suppose. But I mean, right now I have to even get through the application process, which is apparently very strenuous. I'm surprised they got back to me so quickly. What are you going to do if they want you to stay here? Um, well, I would suppose that I have to give it some thought. I mean, this is a ma major opportunity for me. There's so much knowledge that the Seekers have to offer, but at the same time, there's a lot of knowledge out there in the cosmos. I would hope that they would be understanding that my talents would be best served on Valve's ship. Damn. So you'd be pulling down a Voidfarer income and a Seekers. Now that's a real one job, two incomes. You oh, you are a smart guy, Marco, <laughs> I gotta say. I knew you were, were intelligent, but that's pretty good. Marco has like a little blush and is rubbing the back of his neck like <laughs> oh you know oh shucks stop it <laughs> now Marco you would know that the, the Seekers is not like a job that would pay you but it would grant you resources <laughs> like access to their libraries and their shared knowledge and just general repository of knowledge I mean I hear there's grants here and there too <laughs> you know <laughs> just gotta apply for them they pay on a stipend ah shit you know what I'm gonna go apply to Jenny's top sale I'll make more money there <laughs> <laughs> Luckbeak was thinking about making an OnlyFans, too. That's for a different session. That's for our Patreon people. Uh, we'll that. That's for the porn fair. Yeah. Yeah. You're giving Chelsea more things to draw. 
Luck beak feet picks. Um, as we uh, as we're walking away, waddling flipper picks. Um, as we're walking away, uh, Marco, you're like, you're not from around here, are you? I mean, I I remember when when we first met, you said you were. I mean, you you have a home, right? Um, I guess technically speaking, I'm from Turl, but and as people would call me a groundling, but. I didn't have much of a home back there. Nobody to go back to? Uh, well, I had a friend, but I mean, she's long gone now, and I hope that she's living a happy life. What do you mean, long gone? I mean, we were we were on the trip together, um, trying to study an ancient spelljammer ship when I got teleported to the Rock of Brawl, and she stayed behind. I don't know how much time has passed, but... Why did you leave your friend? Well, um, to put it bluntly, my entire life has been focused on discovering things about the space, about everything that's out here that I'm doing right now. It was kind of, I got launched into my hopes and dreams and everything that I ever asked for. I was hoping that she'd probably be understanding of that, but I haven't, I haven't thought about her in a little while, but recently I have, and I'm worried about what she thinks of me. Yeah, I mean, she probably thinks you died. I mean, and I, I, no no judgments. I mean, I've faked my death many a time, but it just seems wild to me that, that you haven't made any attempt to reach out or, I don't know. I mean, you do you, but... Um, I didn't even know I could contact Toral. I haven't... I don't know. We maybe contacted Val's dead dad. I mean, it seems like anything's possible. We're in space right now, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll look into sending her... Uh... See if I can send her a message to at least let her know that I'm, I'm alive and well. But yeah, she was uh, she was kind of all I had on Toral. So, with the exception of her, there wasn't a lot tying me down back there. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I guess like I was kind of hoping maybe she'd one day be able to join me up here. But I don't know if that's ever going to happen at this point. But you're right. Maybe I can try to contact Toral and see what happens. I mean, yeah. I, I, again, I just I was just curious. I mean, I. I wondered if you had a family and, and had friends and, and all that stuff, because, you know, that's hard to leave behind. I mean, you you just seem to handle things so well. You just, you know, maybe picked up a second job up here and you're excited to go out and, like, I don't know, that just, stuff like that blows my mind. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm always impressed. I'm, I guess, living my dreams, and uh, my, my my family passed away whenever I was really young. It, sure. It, it happens, but uh, I, yeah, so I didn't have much to go back, and so, you know, it's kind of Imagine getting teleported into everything that you've ever wanted in your life. So every day, every day I'm living the dream, I guess. Yeah, boy. Yeah, living the dream. R.I.P. Yuri. Living the dream. Uh, yeah. Rip Yuri and kind of <laughs> <laughs> give a two, a two chest bumps to the sky. <laughs> Ripperoni. Rest in pepperoni, Yuri. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just, just, just curious. Oh, look, here we are at our destination. <laughs> Yeah, you arrive at Jenny's Topsail, which is an interesting sight because it's one of the few buildings you have seen on the Deer Anchorage that isn't the co-opted remains of a ship. It actually looks like it was constructed intentionally and not hobbled together. And it is a large two-story in-style building. And there are uh, purple silk drapes that adorn every single window and the main door. So, boy, that's a 
Hard door to knock on, ain't it? <laughs> Guess we just walk inside? Uh, let's say it's a place of business. I wouldn't think we'd need to knock. Oh, all right. All right. Just, you know, you don't know what condition people are in in there. So, all right, you're right, though. Let's just walk in. Yeah, you guys head in, and the entrance goes into a large, like, tavern. There is a long bar along the one wall, and you see that there's actually, like, a stage that has, like, a a runway almost that juts out into the center of the tap room with tables and chairs everywhere. Now there isn't almost anyone in here. There's like, it's pretty bare right now. You see, there is a young half elven man behind the bar and he, he looks up and goes, Oh, um, I, I'm sorry, but we're, we're not open yet. When will you be open? Uh, we, we open mid mid evening for, uh, normal tap room services and then the the shows go on and uh then you're, you're and then you can book various other services throughout the evening um well that's okay i mean i'm we're not here for services uh today we actually you might do um we are here have you heard of the crew of tishra's pride when you say that he kind of rolls his eyes really hard uh yes i'm familiar with them they are uh quite frequent regulars here um I'm not the biggest fan personally, but uh, Madame Desiree likes their money. Hmm. When was the last time they were in? Oh, they were in yesterday. What? They've been in every evening the last uh, the last four or five days. I look up to Luckbeak and uh, and Ravnus, and I'm kind of confused. <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm like looking to you two, and and then I'm whispering like, wait, what? How long has the ship been gone? You guys didn't give me a whole lot of information before we went on this thing. <laughs> Weeks, apparently. Uh, the shipment is three days late. Oh, shit, they just been on a fucking hooker bender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, this place is an inn, too, right? Yes. Um, I'm going to say, uh, well, um, does the crew, I mean, lodge here as well, sir? Oh, God, no, they don't, they don't lodge here. Uh, I mean, can you smell this place? It would smell a lot worse if they were staying here right now. Okay. Do they have a talk about going back to Kendori's Cradle, or...? I, I'm not really sure. I, I, I really don't know where, where they've been staying, honestly. Uh, I, I try not to interact with them too too long. Hmm. Could, um... We talked to Madame... Madame, um... I'm sorry, I didn't catch the name. Uh, Ma- Madame Desiree. Do you mind if we have a conversation with her about, um, the crew of Tishra's Pride? Um... I can check for you. She is a very busy woman. It won't be long. We just need to find out their whereabouts. Well, it sounds like they're going to be here tonight. I'd like to get this done before tonight, but you know. And if worse comes to worse, it might be better to not have things go down in a public place. Point. Yeah, so he says he'll go check with Madame Desiree to see if she's available. And he walks out from behind the bar. And as he walks out of the room, you see he's wearing assless chaps. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. <laughs> Does he know you're supposed to be wearing something under those? Uh, Is that the fashion now? I don't really know what the kids are wearing these days. I, I think we would notice if the if the trend was oh. assless chaps. All right. <laughs> A few minutes pass, and he comes back out, and he says, I'm terribly sorry, but Madame Desiree is indisposed at the moment. Um, but she, she said, you are more than welcome to return later while we are in full service, and she may be available to speak to you then. Fair enough. Um, thank you for your time. Uh, and sure. <laughs> My pleasure, I guess. It's not like this was our only lead. Let's go check out the gambling hall, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, we're, I think we're all taken off. The asshole chaps was just like, all right, you know, we're good. <laughs> you know, those kind of looked good on it. Where do you think he got those? 
Are you thinking of getting some assless chaps, Luckbeak? I mean, maybe. You think they make them in doha size? <laughs> I figure they would probably have some doha assless chaps. They'd be like the only kind of pants you could wear where your tail doesn't get in. Yeah, this is true. Oh, shit. That's actually a point. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of squats. I bet I look good. <laughs> I'm sure you can pull off asses chaps. You could just cut the seed out of some pants. I guess so, but I don't know how to hem and all that shit. Yeah, so I guess we head over to the gambling hall. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we move on. <laughs> so you head to the Hall of Fortune's Favor, which you would all know is actually the temple of the goddess Timora the goddess of luck. Um, but here on Nadir Anchorage, that temple also functions as a gambling hall, a casino. And as you walk in, it is unlike any place of worship you have ever experienced. If you didn't already know that's what it was, it would be very hard to tell. You walk in and this large open space is full of different tables of various kinds. And even in the early afternoon, there is a good handful of sailors in and about at different tables gambling. There's a handful of tables playing Spacer's Gambit. You see tables that are playing a couple different kinds of dice games and then there's some tables in the back that actually look uh kind of akin to like a roulette tables and the only real sign that this is a place of worship is the fact that on large like hanging banners is the holy symbol of timora which is actually a silver coin with timora's face on it surrounded by like a halo of shamrocks uh ravenous turns to Luckbeak, and she says should we expect a fight while we're in here? No, uh, I've been 100% forthcoming while I've been here. Um, no, no fights, no fights. I, we're okay. At that time, uh, you see that there is an acolyte of Timora approach you, as uh, evident by his attire, which resembles vestments. He has a holy symbol of Timora around his neck, but at the same time, it almost looks like it is uh, of like a casino attendant almost, where where it's, it's kind of like a slim-fitting jacket with tails. And uh, you actually recognize this individual, Luckbeak. Okay. This is Acolyte Matthias. Okay. And he approaches and he goes, Ah, Mr. Humboldt, um, shall I prepare the usual worship room? No, that's fine. Uh, Matthias, it's, um, it, uh, I'm just actually, I'm, I'm here for the usual uh, by worship room. I'm, I hope you mean spot at the poker table because um, that's where I'm headed. So let's, uh, I'm, I'm going to rub some elbows and get some information. <laughs> oh, he looks confused for half a second, but immediately picks up what you're putting down here. And he goes, ah, yes, the usual, of course. Hey. Then please let me know if you need anything. Good. And your companions as well. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. So you're a usual here? Yeah, it's a gambling hall. Of course I'm a usual here. Fair enough. Uh, I head to, um, oh, there's probably a bar here, huh? There sure is. Uh, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let, let's go over here and see what we can see. Now, do you want to take the lead here, P.I., or do you want me to take most of the legwork? I mean, I know people here, but... Looks like you're uh, you're in your element here, so I would not dare uh, right, mess with your right. flow. Um, I belly up to the bar, um, and uh, I will um, wait for the bartender to come over. Yeah, uh, and this the bartender is wearing the same vestments that uh, that acolyte Matthias sure. was wearing. What can I get? Yeah, yeah, just um, you know, just just the usual um, apple juice on the rocks. Now, hey, listen, um, we're actually looking for some folks. Uh, Marco, what's the name of that ship? Tishra's Pride. Tishra's Pride. You know anybody? Uh, 
crew, the Tishra's Pride, ever come in here? Oh, yes, the, the, the Rowdy Dwarves, yes. They are regulars here. Uh, they, they quite enjoy um, several of our games of chance. The, most recently, they were um, in here two days ago. Okay, two days ago. Haven't seen them since, huh? Have not. Um, the, the captain, I believe, um, Iron Dust was her name, um, she, she actually s- struck a fairly um, sizable win over at the uh, Timoros Capstan. Mm. And he gestures back to what looks like the roulette wheels. Okay. H- how much did you say that apple juice was? Oh, if if you're playing games, it is actually um, on us. Oh, wow. Okay. A gold piece, huh? All right. I slide a gold <laughs> piece to him and I say, wow. And that's, they didn't say like where they were staying or. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid they did not. I take my gold piece back. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Can I roll an insight check just to make sure? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Just, just, uh, just a check. <laughs> okay, that's a fourteen. Yeah, you believe he's telling okay. the truth. Like they are regulars here, but they're not of the business of asking. Hey, where are you staying tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so he he legitimately okay, does yeah. not know. Okay. Um. All right. Well, that's uh, that's what that is, I suppose. Shall we head over to that table? I suppose so. I see. I don't sure. I don't know what what we're gonna ask them. I guess they may have uh, had loose lips when they were winning, huh? You know, take me to, you know, I'm going to fucking Timora land or whatever. So, uh, yeah, you head over there. You know that a capstan is like the, the rotating wheel that is used to like pull up an anchor or to a line or something like that. Um, and you get the impression that the game is called Timora's capstan because the roulette wheel resembles that. And yeah, you see that there is this, uh, it's, it's a roulette wheel, um, on the table and you see that there are markings on the table, uh, where people can place their bets. Um, and actually I'm going to share with you guys a Google sheet link and I'll describe it for our listeners at home. So that's what the table looks like and the different bets and their, their odds and payout. That is very neat. Yeah. So as you walk up the, I don't, I don't know what, what is the dealer called in roulette? Uh, whoever's running that game. Um, <laughs> I I actually don't know anything about roulette. I looked everything up for this. Ninety percent sure it's the ball boy. It is a could it be a crouper? <laughs> sure, the person running the table. <laughs> I'm not going to trust either of those. <laughs> the person running the table uh, as you step up and he goes, "Oh, would you like to place a wager?" Uh, yes, absolutely, we would. Uh, and I nudge um, both of them like. Come on, oh. we got, we got to let's, let's, let's play so wager. Um, I'm going to put, uh, uh, two gold pieces on black, please. Two on black. Uh, and he looks towards Ravness and, uh, Marco, uh, and, and for the friends at home, uh, it's basically works like roulette, um, where you can place bets on black or red evens or odds, like high numbers, which would be. 11 to 19 or low numbers which is 2 to 10 or placing bets on individual numbers or natural one or natural 20 which are like their own thing or any combination thereof kind of like roulette uh, like different columns uh corners streets splits all that shit ravenous is going to say i'm doing what he's doing <laughs> i'll put a sing i'll put a gold piece on straight up uh which number sir uh how about any single number so how about um four all right and uh, you were the only ones at this table. Like, there's a lot There's a lot of people in here, but it's still early in the day, so it's not super, super crowded. So he places the ball and spins the wheel. It is a two! Uh, that's on black. Hey, Ravnus! So you guys double your bet. Right. Yeah, so he, 
he slides your winnings over to you. Another round? Boy, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, hey, actually, I mean, I do have a question for you real quick. Um, we're looking for, uh, for some folks. A group of rowdy goblins may have come in here a couple nights ago. Were you working then? Not goblins. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> a group of rowdy gnomes who may have come in here a couple. Some G race. Is it a group know. of rowdy dwarves? <laughs> dwarves. It's, it's dwarves. <laughs> God damn it. You are zero for <laughs> I was going to go Goliath next. I was right there. <laughs> it just started with yeah, the G. That's, that's all, all I, I know. Had. <laughs> a group of rowdy dwarves. You've seen a group of. Were you working two nights ago? Yes, I was. Um, uh, and they were, in fact, here. All right. Uh, Hey, uh, do you know any? Did they say anything? I hear there's a big win here. Is that right? Yes, I, I think it was the captain of that particular group. Wow, how much you win? Uh, she she walked away with about four hundred gold pieces. Good God, a lot of gold, a lot of gold. Um, well, I mean, you got to be excited after you make a win like that, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, and and they they seem to be content with that win, and they were talking about going and spending it over at Jenny's top sale. Well, this is a circular logic tree. All right. <laughs> cool. Um, if I recall, they did seem to think it was a good stroke of luck after their recent misfortune. Oh, what misfortune was that? I'm afraid I didn't get any details, but they seem to have suffered a recent misfortune and um, saw this as a, uh, a turn of their luck. Uh, Timora smiling on them. Sure. Big win. Oh, my gosh. It's good to hear. Wow. Places are just... They're, you know, it's good to know that places like this aren't rigged. I mean, not that I'm saying you were, but, like, that's just, that's big. So thank you so much. We're going to head out of here. Uh, very kind of you. Uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> He'll look at Marco and Ravnus. Another round? No. I was hoping this would get Ravnus hooked on gambling forever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on your way out, you walk past there. It looks like there's, uh, just from your from your eye, three different dice games going on at different tables. Um, I'm looking to Ravnus and Luckbeak. Okay, so let's take it from a captain who just apparently won big at a gambling hall and loves to visit sex workers on the regular. It makes sense to me that if they got a lot of money, they would go back to Jenny's top sale on the regular. So we might want to go there back there tonight. Yeah, I think that's our best bet. I mean, but what are we... We're thinking they lost the money. Or our, our cinder shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well... I- I mean, I suppose we could just go back and tell Val that much at least, and then wait for the night. Um, I have a question, just out of morbid curiosity between the two of you. Do you happen to think that they uh, maybe sold the Cinder Shard so they can go to Jenny's top sale for a whole week's stretch in the gambling hall? God, it's possible. It sounds right, but why would they talk to a random uh, ball boy about, you know, oh, we had a real big loss? I mean, I think Uh. they'd be proud of their, I don't know. Okay, that's a fair assessment. Um, that's the case. You there, can I interest you in a game of Seven Sunsets? Who the hell? hell? Get the fuck out of our private conversation, you dumb shit. What the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) Jesus Christ. You scared the shit out of me. Yeah, Marco may have jumped a solid, like, (laughs) foot off the ground. (laughs) You're, like, standing next to his table. You should be nicer to people. Like I'm sorry, nice. he scared me, Ravnus. You, but you are 100% correct. I should be nicer to people. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? Yeah, let's play a game of Seven Sons, right? Would that be a nice thing to do, Ravnus? I don't know. All right. I'm curious. 
All, all right. With a simple buy-in uh, of 10 gold pieces, nice. at least, you get a single roll of two die. And if you get a seven or a 12, you get your bet plus double back. If you do not get a 7 or a 12 on your first roll, you can double your bets to roll an additional <laughs> die. And if you get the 7 or 12 on that roll, you will win double your total bet. Whew. So I'm going to just whisper to Luckbeak, I know that these games are structurally set up to favor the house, but this is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, you have a <laughs> 1 6 chance of rolling a 7 and a 12. That's just statistically ridiculous. Come on. Not, uh, yeah, we're, we're good. Thanks, bud. But you can roll an additional die. It's just not going to take no for an answer, Marco. Uh, yeah, um, you know what? We actually, my grandma's sick. Uh, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Fine if you do not trust Timora to see you succeed. You know what? I, yeah, I pull out a gold piece and I'm like, you know what? Fine. Let's see if Timora actually favors me. The minimum is 10. Marco, the minimum bet is 10. You can bet that one gold piece on black in the other game and then win double your money right there. What is this game? This sucks. Yeah, I look I look back <laughs> over to Luckbeak and I said, that's a good idea. And I'm just walking and I'm not stopping. <laughs> 10 gold pieces. I was like, holy fuck, no. What high roller place did I walk into? <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and giant hamster wrangler. They might be chonky boys, but they are way more agile than they look, trust me. Thanks for listening to this fourth episode of Chapter 3 of Tales of the Voidfarer. If you're liking what you're hearing, be sure to rate us on iTunes. And if you're really feeling wild, leave a review too. We want to know what you think. Be sure to give us a follow on our social media, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Don't forget to snag yourself some Voidfarer merch, which is still conveniently located at bit.ly slash derailed shop. Today's episode is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. That's right. This is a meta ad about the ad service we are a new member of. Podgo is providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And if you apply, be sure to tell them you heard about it from those cool nerds on Tales of the Voidfarer. If you have seen the dope podcast clip videos we've been putting up on our social media for each episode, that is made possible by Wave. Wave is a service that makes it easy to convert any audio clip into sexy video, perfect for promotion on your Facebooks and Twitters and the like. Upload a sound file and artwork, add a waveform, and it even generates captions for you. If you sign up for a plan using our affiliate link, bit.ly slash wavefarer with two Vs, you will also be supporting the show. Check out that link in the show notes. Hey, we are launching a new TTRPG podcast called Fables Around the Table. It is an anthology podcast featuring a self-contained story and different RPG system each season. Our first season, titled Curse, features the RPG The Curse of the House of Rookwood by Nerdy Pup Games and our very own Fiona L.F. Kelly as the Chronicler. And also me as a player as the crotchety old man of the family, Virgil Rookwood. And you just might hear some other familiar voices as well. You can meet the cast and player characters in Episode 0, which comes out tomorrow on June 10th, with Episode 1 premiering next week on Wednesday, June 17th. Follow at 
Table Fables Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Table Fables Pod on Twitter for more details. Special thanks to Tom Goldthwaite for our theme song and other original music and additional music provided by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Void Fair lands on Tuesday, June 23rd. We'll see you then. So, um, do you all mind if I stop by the Seekers? Um, you all head back. I'll, I'll catch up to you in a little bit. Yeah. But I just want to get that uh, finished out of the way. Sure, that's fine. I don't care. Um, I'll see you all. I'll see you all back on the Void Fair. Marco, you head to the Enclave of the Seekers. I guess I walk in. I, for, I, I, I would probably immediately look for Roddix and Truth. Yeah, you walk in. You would know that immediately in the door is an antechamber that is almost like a sitting, like reading room. Um, there's like kind of tables pushed off to the side. Uh, this is where actually where Roddix has met you to do a lot of your research that you've done with him so far, because you have not been permitted into the deeper chambers of this building. Basically, you haven't been able to see the actual library uh, or the archive that the seekers have been keeping here. So you enter there and uh, Roddix is actually sitting right in there reading a book. And he looks up. Ah, Marco. Um, good, good. You've made it back. Oh yeah. Gladly, it didn't take too long. But um, I'm very anxious to to see how my application went. Um, have you heard anything good? Um, I'm I'm afraid I haven't heard any particular feedback on it. But um, but I just from my experiences, I I think I don't think you have anything to worry about. Well, fantastic. You will be meeting with the three highest-ranking members of this particular outpost of the Seekers, which includes uh, Thalra, uh, Vulrenthelv, that you've already met, and uh, accompanying her will also be Albion Silksong, and then um, Fendar, the curator. Is this normal, Roddix, to be brought up to the three highest-ranking members for the application process? I kind of was kind of expecting just a letter. Do not uh, misunderstand the circumstances. Uh, these are not the three highest-ranking members of the Seekers in total, just the th- high- three highest-ranking members of the Seekers here. Oh, yes, um, I-, I wouldn't presume to say that I'd be going to the-, the top Seekers of all time, but I was just kind of curious. I was expecting a letter and you know to the Voidfarer saying, you've been accepted or rejected, and here's your little membership card i wasn't expecting to be brought before a council well yes the um uh these these members in particular will wish to um speak with you to to get a gauge on um what you can bring to our um humble enclave ah, ah. and the fact that you've gotten this far means that they have liked what you've submitted already all right then real quick nick just for uh my sake if i remember correctly i now can speak Kratorian, correct Yes. Due to your studies with Roddix, um, you have now learned and are proficient in the Kratorian language. Fantastic. Um, if that's the case, I'm going to like kind of straighten myself up, make my. I don't think there's anything I can do other than like I get out some more of the jelly and just kind of dab my wounds with it, just to heal up. <laughs> to be like, I don't want to look like I'm total trash walking into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it helps a little bit, but it doesn't, like... So, you were at full hit points, but, yeah. like, your body is still showing the visible signs of getting the shit kicked out of you the day prior. <laughs> God, this is the, uh, like, most unfortunate circumstances of, like, going into a job interview. Like, you just got mugged <laughs> the day before, but, God, you really need this job. Yeah, I I try to make myself look as good as I can under the circumstances, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Let's go talk to the council. 
Yeah, so uh, Roddix takes you to a door and opens it and gestures for you to go in. Um, this is far as far as I will go. You will, um, you will meet the others inside. Well, um, Roddix, thank you for helping me get this far. I appreciate it. You're a good friend. It is my pleasure. And he kind of pats you on the shoulder and says, you will do fine. Well, I'll see you on the other side, regardless of what happens. You walk into a rather lavish study. There's actually a hearth with a fireplace, and the walls all the way around you are floor-to-ceiling books. And they even have, like, the little, like, coves in them where there's, like, a pedestal with a book on one, and then there's another that has a bust sitting in it. Uh, it's, it's all very fancy. And in the middle is an oval table, and there are three individuals sitting there, kind of seem to kind of be in the middle of a quiet conversation amongst themselves. And uh, when you walk in, they all kind of look up and uh, they will stand. And you immediately recognize Thalra Volenteld, who you've spoken to before. She's the slender human wizard wearing her her like slim fitting burgundy robes. Um, she has her hair pulled back into the tight bun that you saw her wearing yet last night. And with her kind of sitting across the table from her is uh, a tiefling with bright pink skin with curved horns that go back and he's in this super frilly shirt that's open chested and he's actually leaning back with a foot up on the table and he has a lute in his lap and he's kind of plucking away at it and he kind of sits up and stands to greet you as well and sitting across the table from where you're standing between these two is a over seven foot tall furbolg dressed in very simple kind of robes that that go all the way to the floor and he has tiny little round spectacles clipped to the bridge of his wide flat furbolg nose and his hair is like long and kind of pulled into a ponytail uh, and his ears are kind of droopy he looks older for a furbolg you can see gray in his kind of bluish fur that covers his entire body and he stands and he speaks to you first oh marco astorio i presume yes uh it is a pleasure to meet you Thank you for taking the time to uh, to see me. Of course, we have been excited to speak to you as well. Please have a seat. I will sit down and kind of look as straightforward and professional as I can. He, he gestures to Thalra and he goes, I understand you already have the pleasure of being acquainted with Thalra here. Yes, we met, uh, we met just last night. Um, it's a pleasure to meet you again. Uh, Miss Valren held. It is a, a pleasure to meet you as well, um, she says. And then he says, very good. Well, then let me introduce Albion Silksong. Uh, and the tiefling kind of reaches out and shakes her hand and with a bow and says, it is a pleasure to meet you. I have heard so much already. And then the furbolg is going to say, and I am Fender, but many simply call me the curator. A uh, pleasure to meet you. Um, Mr. Curator, uh, Mr. Silksong. He's going to like slowly sit into his chair and Albion is going to lean back into the same position he was in before putting one of his boots up on the table. You can see that Thalra kind of looks at that and wrinkles her nose slightly, um, but doesn't say anything. So, um, I guess this is to re in regards to my application. Is there anything else that you all would like from me before you render your decision? You say that and uh, Fendar, the curator, as it were, uh, sits down and places his elbows on the table and steeples his fingers in front of him. And he just kind of looks at you for a moment as you say that. And the, the room is silent for several beats, uh, making you pretty uncomfortable. And eventually he will say, tell me 
Mr. Astorio, where is it that you hail from? I'm from the planet Turl. Of realm space. Uh, yes, that is correct. I do believe I've been referred to as a groundling uh, by many people that I've met so far. Uh, Albion uh, raises his eyebrows and he, he kind of like puts his foot down and kind of shifts his weight forward a little bit uh, with an expression of genuine like delight and curiosity on his face. Um, Thora seems a little surprised, but uh, it's hard to read her. Um, and Fendar, you can't read him at all. He, he doesn't really have a reaction to that. And he just simply says, It is not often that we see Torillians of your exceptional knowledge out in wild space. Marco kind of rubs the back of his neck like, Exceptional knowledge? I wouldn't, uh... <laughs> It's like, uh, I thank you for the compliment, sir. Um, I'm quite well studied, at least uh, from my brief journeys and also from the books that I've been reading since I was a kid. Uh, thank you. We strictly vet all individuals that wish to join our ranks. Do you know why that is, Mr. Astorio? I, I couldn't even venture a guess. Uh, please enlighten me. The Seekers value knowledge above all else, but with it comes resourcefulness and the wisdom to use it wisely. We believe that a responsible use of deeper knowledge requires an understanding of lesser knowledge. Less a fool stumble onto a great discovery without fully understanding it. And you can imagine the dangers and the destruction that could be wrought. Yes, I can. I can certainly understand and respect that. Uh, and, and actually, when he says that, you can't help but to think of you stumbling onto the teleporter in the spell chamber. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's like, I can certainly understand and uh, respect that. We believe that those that exhibit the qualities that we value deserve the resources we have to offer. And with those resources, these knowledgeable individuals can go back out into the universe and will serve to the universe's benefit. I'm not sure that I follow here, so you, your intention is to send us back out into space to, to spread knowledge. Simply having our seekers possessing the knowledge that they have will naturally act to benefit the universe in its own right, in whatever form that should take. Safely assure to you that I want to take any knowledge that I learn for the betterment of all races in all in all of space there's a lot of knowledge out there that needs to be uncovered and i mean it's a big universe so i i agree with that philosophy 100 percent. tell me mr astorio what would you say is the greatest discovery you have uncovered yourself in your travels thus far he says that and he kind of leans a little bit closer. And the other two are looking at you very intently. Well, from my research, I've been able to 
completely understand the Kratorian script. So that was main like main start. Yes. The Kratorian Empire is a ever burning mystery. And we at the Seekers wish to uncover as much answers as we can. Your drive to uncover those same answers, I believe, will make you a valuable asset to our ranks. So I've I've been accepted? You have been accepted to the first circle of the Seekers. You must understand. The Seekers are comprised of nine circles. As you ascend in rank from circle to circle, you will gain access to more of the Seekers' knowledge and resources, delving deeper into our repository of information. This is, this is fantastic. Um, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I promise you will not regret this. Um, the rank you are given directly corresponds to the information that you give to the Seekers in return. The more you discover, and the more you share with us, the more resources we will give you back in return. I understand. Um, if that's the case, then I promise you, I will discover more than any Seeker has ever discovered before. And I say that with just stone-faced <laughs> confidence. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, Fendar, like, very hard to read, but Thora seems impressed, and, and Albion uh, looks impressed as well, and he says, Well, I firmly believe that you will do that, and I, for one, am interested to see exactly how far in our ranks that you will climb. Um, and Thora says, Yes, I... I believe in this rare circumstance. I agree with my companion here. Well, then, uh, fantastic. I can get started uh, today, even. I'm the, the Last I checked, the Voidfarer will be uh, leaving dock here soon, and I can go out and I, I will bring back things that you have never seen before. I promise you that. We look forward to seeing what you bring back in your traps. And he's going to slowly stand. Marco Astorio. Welcome to the ranks of the Seekers. And Marco is swelling with pride right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luckbeak and Ravnus, were you doing anything in particular before uh, you plan on heading back to Jenny's top sale? So I don't think Ravnus has anything in mind. Uh, hey, uh, uh, Ravnus, there's, there's actually something I've been meaning to, to talk with you about. What? Um, well, so... I mean, I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking as to, uh, as to, you know, what you you said to me a couple nights ago. Do you do you remember that at all? Which thing did I say to you? I, I mean, I mean, not so much something you said, but but, I mean, you told me in no uncertain terms the 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 hair that you gave me, <laughs> the the thing that you made with all those times that, you know, all those times that I was. I was shitty to you. Yes. I mean, I, I didn't realize. Well, number one, I, I didn't realize I was, I was doing that as often as I was doing it. I mean, number two, I, I also didn't realize I was, you were cataloging it. I mean, that feels pretty awful too. 
but that's neither here nor there. I, I, I mean, you, you made me realize that, that I, I wasn't quite being, I wasn't quite being fair to you, Ravnus. I'm smarter than you think I am. I think that's probably true. And I don't mean for that to be another thing to add to your list. I'm not trying to be mean, but you know, sometimes when people are, are awkward, I mean, it all depends on what your intelligence is, right? And I'm not talking about intelligence like, you know, general intelligence. Like, I think I'm I'm a social intelligent person. So when somebody else isn't as socially intelligent as me, you're right. I, I think I tend to think of them as not as smart. And so, you know, I can make jokes and I think they'll go over your head. And But of course you are. You're, you're just as smart as I am, Ravnus. I'm smarter than you. Ah, uh, see, that's where I was just hesitant. But you know what? You're right. You you might you might just be smarter than me too, Ravenous, because there's there's all sorts of different types of of smartnesses, and you could whoop my ass. That's for sure. You could beat the shit out of me. Um, so you're definitely combat smarter, and I mean you can cast spells, which I didn't know. <laughs> like, I'm impressed. Um, and I I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I'm sorry that I did that. All right. <laughs> See, God, you just really, I got to hold back from now on. <laughs> because, like, prime opportunity. All right is a fine answer to that. Thank you for accepting my apology. And uh, and I will I will definitely make sure to, you know, keep it, keep it under wraps from here on out. Okay. Did you, did you find out anything else about that, that old Githyanki? No, not yet. Yeah, it's only been a day, and that's that's fine. All right. Uh, God, I guess I guess we'll walk in companionable silence the rest of the way. Uh, Ravnus <laughs> lets that happen for a little bit, and then she says, "Um, you should have stayed for Marco's fight. You would have been God. impressed." I wish I would have. I mean, I love Marco, but. Seeing somebody get the tar kicked out of them is just like a delight to me. I I, I truly wish I I wish I would have stayed, but uh I mean Ravnus, I, somebody died last night, I think. Someone dies every night. Yeah, but that's discounting the fact that a lot of people die cuz nobody did nothing, but I mean this person died cuz of something I did, you know? What did you do? Well, I I shot a I shot a crossbow bolt. I was trying to shoot it at your opponent. I was scared. And I think I hit somebody by accident. What were you scared of? I mean the the dream that I had, Ravnus. I I was scared about, you know, about you dying, about you know, uh, a, a cute little nuclear family breaking up. Oh. That's a joke. Sorry. Sorry. But I mean, that's I think I hit somebody and I, they didn't make it. And that I know you and Marco, you're both used to, you know, whatever, cast an ice knife and fucking hitting people over the head with your sword. But like, I don't, I don't like that sort of thing. It, it's scary. It makes me, I mean, I, I think about who that guy was. Did he have a family? I, I'm sure he did. Somebody who loved him, somebody who he loved, a kid, a, a a relative, somebody he was caring for. He was maybe the only person they were relying on, and I don't know. I really fucked up, Ravnus. 
Uh, Ravnus is quiet for a moment, I think, and then um, she kind of pats Luckbeak on the shoulder and she says, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's... Thank you. I appreciate it. It's good that it was hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it. Does it get easier? It shouldn't, but it does. I don't want it to get easier. That's because you're good. I ne- never thought I'd hear you say that. That's very, very kind. It's just true. And, and I mean... Even if it's not easy for you, I I mean, I don't think you're a bad person either, Ravnus. I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, I always felt like maybe our decisions made us who we are, right? I mean... But maybe sometimes we're made by our decisions. I just feel like sometimes things spin so wildly out of control and... and I don't know. This is stupid. I'm sorry I even mentioned anything. I just... I needed to get up off my chest. Maybe we're all good and bad in different ways, like we're all smart in different ways. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess that might be true too, huh? Alright. Thanks, Ravnus. That actually that helps a lot. You're welcome. ProjectDerailed.com. Now, it's such a great scene, but Ravnus, like, patting Luckbeak, all I could see was Drax petting Rocket at the end of Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. <laughs> Same. Same energy. <laughs>